Hello everybody, it is Michael here with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. A little bit off the typical schedule. Yesterday, uh, Friday was my birthday, so I decided to take the day off, you know, spend some time with people that means uh, important things to me, and just take a day off of the podcast. But, you know, we're back right to work, and we got a lot to talk about here. I want to talk about the All-Star Game and the just massive fiasco that's been going on with the NBA recently. My top 25 players so far the Memphis Grizzlies, the New York Knicks, and the San Antonio Spurs. And then we're going to talk about Jason Tatum and Nikola Vucevic. First thing I want to talk about is my top 25 NBA players so far. And this was incredibly hard to do as there are just so many people balling this season. So many people who have been absolutely amazing that it's really hard for me to just choose between all these great players. Uh, But... I made a list, and yeah, let's get right into it. First, I want to talk about my honorable mentions. Uh, I got Zion, who's been great this season, still has things to work on. Obviously, the shot just isn't there, and I don't really expect it to ever be there. Uh, but mainly, I'm just focusing on him continuing to improve on the defensive side of the ball. And it obviously doesn't help that the Pelicans haven't been great so far this season. I feel like they could have done a lot uh, better of a job building around him, but he's still been great this season. Devin Booker just hasn't been uh, as good as I I expected him to be this year you can definitely tell he hasn't been fully as locked in because a lot of uh, other guys on this Phoenix Suns team are simply just stepping up guys like Chris Paul uh, DeAndre Aiden hasn't been great but he's starting to turn it up Chris Paul's really starting to turn it up Mikhail Bridges has been great for them so D book just really hasn't had to have all that weight on his shoulders but he's still been very good this year Sabonis is my next one and he's definitely cooled down from his start uh, but it's still an all-star caliber player still a very very good player in this league who can do basically everything that you want on the offensive side of the ball is an improved three-point shooter this year and is still the dominant low presence that he has always been John Morant is someone who I feel like absolutely would have been here since uh, unless he got injured uh, which he did which was extremely unfortunate for him because he started off the season on fire and ever since he's came back from his injury he's been cool just hasn't been crazy but I definitely think he could be here if he has a full healthy season uh, Malcolm Brogdon is a player who I feel like deserves recognition as well on the Indiana Pacers he's been very very good this season has been much more efficient than last year uh, and is still fitting in the role of being that playmaker for them and being one of their main scores on a very good Pacers team Um, My next honorable mention is DeMar DeRozan. I really like everything I've seen from DeMar this year. Playmaking has been excellent. Uh, Scoring has still been very, very good. Uh, Even defense hasn't been too bad. Like He's just had a really good year, and I really enjoy everything I've seen from DeMar. CJ McCollum is another guy just like John Moran who would have definitely been here if he hadn't gotten injured. CJ was lights out before he got injured i was so impressed with cj mccullum before his injury uh but he did end up getting injured which hurt him quite a lot super super unfortunate for him but i think when he gets back he'll continue to play the great basketball that he did and could be a top 25 caliber player shea gillis alexander has been the leader of a very good thunder team well not very good but uh very above most people's expectations and shea's just been hooping this year uh he's done everything that i wanted him to the main thing i wanted to see was without a real like really good point guard alongside him how good was his playmaking going to be because I knew the scoring was going to be there Shea is just a very good score uh, but I've really liked to see his growth as a playmaker and he's really just taking the responsibility of being the star of this team and I really enjoy that Christian Wood is a guy who I feel like deserves some recognition he's been great this year uh, honestly like 
all three of the big quote-unquote big three of the Rockets I feel like deserve recognition uh and John Wall and Victor Aldipo as well because all those guys have been awesome there's a lot of guys who I felt like could have uh, made this list but at the end of the day I have to choose 25 players who I think are the best and I have my list narrowed down starting off 25 I got Chris Ball uh if he started off the season and continued to play the way he was at the start of the season he would definitely not be on this list but he has been turning it up as of late you could tell at the beginning of the season he was just trying to get comfortable with his role in Phoenix you know it was a shortened off season he didn't have as much time as he probably had wanted to to gel with that team but you can tell he's really gelling right now really clicking and I feel like he's still the best player on this Phoenix Suns roster Chris Paul is just an incredible player uh could do everything that you want out there is still a good defender even in his old age and that IQ is never going to leave that mid-range jump shot is one of the greatest of all time and Chris Paul is just one hell of a player super efficient and has also been playmaking making at an elite level as always for the phoenix suns uh for 24 i got brandon ingram i was kind of splitting hairs between him and zion for who i think's been the best player on the pelicans this year but i gave brandon ingram the edge because of his ability to play and make and his ability to shoot the ball i think it's just more valuable than zion at this point and he definitely is the guy you can tell down the stretch that they give the ball and they want to close games so yeah brandon ingram's been very good this year even with the unfortunate circumstances of having poor spacing around him he still did his thing so far this year 23 i have chris middleton who i've been incredibly impressed by has been one of the most efficient players in the nba again i'm thinking this year he's finally going to hit that 50 40 90 that he was just short of last year uh his playmaking is something that i feel like no one really talks about but chris middleton has become a pretty damn good playmaker and that's definitely a big part of his game he's really become that closer down the stretch that the bucks need they people always talked about them needing a closer but i think chris middleton has just grown into that role and i think i trust him to in any playoff series to close down the stretch because Chris uh, Chris Middleton is just that good of a player. 22 out of Zach Levine, one of the best offensive players in the league and definitely one of the better scorers. Uh, a guy who can just score at all levels of the game. A guy who is an amazing three-point shooter, one of the best in the league. Still is growing at other parts of his game, but his scoring ability is just so good. And he's single-handedly kept the Bulls and had them win so many games so far this year. He's just an amazing player, and I really, really like everything that I've seen from Zach Levine this year. Just growing every single year, and you always love to see that out of a young guy and you can just tell the hard work he puts in every single year at 21 i have rudy gobert while rudy gobert will never put up the sexiest and most impressive numbers his impact will always be there if you look at any advanced analytic and if you just watch the jazz games he is such a big part of why the jazz are so amazing this year obviously their three-point shooting being as historic as it has has been a big part but rudy gobert is really held down the middle as he always is going to one of the best screen setters in the league one of the best rebounders and obviously one of the best paint protectors in the league Rudy Gobert while I I think he uh, does get criticism and I think he does deserve some of that criticism he's still a damn good player and definitely has been amazing for the Utah Jazz so far number 20 I have Nikola Vucevic who has been just an absolute stud for the Orlando Magic so far this year I think it would be the right time to trade him because his value is high I mean Nikola Vucevic can do basically everything you'd want out of a modern big in 2020 great post player but also can step out to the mid-range and has really been hitting his three so far this year like he's always been someone who shot threes especially in the past couple years and he's been decent at them but it's never been something that like was a massive threat but now he's really shooting it really really well 
I've been super impressed by his offensive game. And the, with the fact that the Orlando Magic are dealing with so many injuries, it's incredible that Vucevic has been able to carry them not to being just an abysmal roster. And that just shows the talent of Nikola Vucevic. At 19, I have Trey Young. He's had one of the weirdest seasons in the NBA so far. And he was one of the weirdest players for me to rank because he started off incredibly hot, then went really cold, and now has been just playing more like himself. And I think he's been very good this year. Defense is still atrocious. Some Hawks fans, are, for some reason, are in denial that he's the worst defender in the league. But honestly, his offensive game is just so good. With his ability, as much as it is annoying as hell to watch sometimes, he's uh, great at getting to the free throw line. He's truly mastered that. He's an amazing playmaker, an amazing ball handler. Three-point shot, you'd probably want the percentage to be better, but you also always have to take in uh, into consideration how difficult uh, the shots he uh, does take are like those are really really difficult shots from deep and he still shoots a pretty good percentage so yeah Trey Young's been very good this year even if he's had his inconsistent and weird moments still uh, a top 20 player so far this year in my opinion at number 18 I have Bam Adebayo as much as the Miami Heat have struggled and have been disappointing that is not due to Bam Adebayo at all Bam Adebayo has been amazing I've been super impressed he just continues to grow every single year uh, last year we really saw the playmaking and his ball handling rise to a whole nother level as he got put in a much bigger role and this year we're seeing the jump shot take a pretty uh, noticeable leap he's shooting 40 percent from three on incredibly limited attempts so I don't really expect that to be a huge thing this year but it's the mid-range jump shot that has stood out the most to me he's creating his own shot in the mid-range he's getting catch and shoot opportunities working out of the pick and pop and he's just been absolutely killing teams in the mid-range i love bam and game he's still the incredibly versatile defender that we all know he is bam is just one hell of a player one of honestly the most fun players in the league for me i just love everything about bam and game at number 17, I have Donovan Mitchell. He's been the leader of the league leading in win percentage at this point, Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz have been amazing so far this year. Their three-point shooting is really the thing that has stood out to me. And Donovan Mitchell's helped that as he's shooting over 40% from three. He's taking the maturity as a playmaker, even if his assist numbers still aren't crazy. I've, I just feel like watching the game, he's continued every year to take a step as a playmaker and just getting more guys involved, deferring to certain guys, even though he knows he's the main guy he'll he's completely willing to give it to the hot hand whether that be mike conley uh whether that be even like joe ingles bojan bogdanovich he's always willing to give it to the hot hand but even when those guys are having hot nights you can trust donovan mitchell to be that closer down the stretch that the utah jazz need and donovan mitchell is just one hell of a player and there's a reason why the utah jazz are so good and that's because their best player has been hooping so far this year at number 16, I have Jalen Brown of my Boston Celtics, another guy who's just taken a massive leap so far. We've seen just so many guys grow into their roles, and uh, Jalen Brown is absolutely someone who's just grown so much in these past couple years. Went from a guy who just showed uh, a lot of flashes and had some amazing moments but couldn't really get uh, a consistent production to being an all-star caliber player last year to taking the leap to being an all-NBA caliber player this year. He has cooled down in the past couple of games and now he's injured uh but Jalen Brown has still had an, an amazing season overall where he's just been ridiculous 
ridiculously efficient from every uh, part of the floor. His mid-range game is just completely unstoppable. I mean, he is shooting such a ridiculous percent from mid-range. His ball handling has reached a whole nother level that, honestly, I just never expected it to reach because that was one of his biggest issues, that his ball handling was pretty bad for uh, a guy who was picked as high as he was and who, as a guy who got as many opportunities as he was. Uh, but he's really just grown every single year, and that shows the worth work ethic from Jalen Brown, and he's just become an amazing player for the Boston Celtics. At number 15, I have Anthony Davis. This is a weird one because we all know Anthony Davis is better than this, uh, but I actually just recently saw a clip on Twitter where Draymond didn't actually name drop anybody, but he was clearly talking about Anthony Davis, saying that he's never seen Anthony Davis out of shape, and this is the most he's ever seen Anthony Davis out of his shape uh, in his whole career, which is a very interesting thing because AD has definitely been just super disappointing so far. I thought this could have been a season that instead of LeBron taking over like he hasn't played playing so phenomenal I thought it could have been the other way around where LeBron was more the guy who was coasting throughout the regular season and then AD was going to really take that step to be an MVP candidate but AD just hasn't really done anything that's been super impressive so far this year still the great defender that he is and still is a great player overall and I absolutely expect him to turn it up in playoff time like it was a rough situation for him again coming from that Draymond interview he was saying how like hard uh, the bubble was on him and how how hard this whole shortened offseason was on him. I absolutely expect AD to prove why he's a top uh, seven player come playoff time. He just hasn't really been locked in so far this season, so I just uh, put him at number 15. At number 14, I have Kyrie Irving. He is a guy who's missed some games, uh, and that's definitely hurt his case to be uh, higher up on this list, but when Kyrie's been playing, he's been locked in, and he has been incredible. Kyrie Irving is just one of the most offensively skilled players we've ever seen, uh, a guy who can truly score from all three levels of the game as one of the best finishers I've personally ever seen, and it just amazes me so much how he really doesn't like take much contact at the rim, and he really doesn't get that many foul calls, but he's still such an amazing finisher, and that's all pure skill. His ability to finish with both hands, I mean, I feel like we've never seen anything as good as Kyrie Irving with both hands finishing at the basket. Uh, he could just hit these so many awkward, weird angles that you can just tell he's practiced so much. And then his mid-range game is incredible because he creates so much space with those handles. I mean, I don't know how you're supposed to stay in front of Kyrie Irving. One of the best three-point shooters in the league. One of the best free throw shooters. Good playmaker. Does basically everything you'd want on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, it probably isn't going to have as many like crazy games because he has so many great players on his roster right now. But he's still going to put up amazing numbers on incredible efficiency. And I mean, when he's healthy, we all know who Kyrie Irving is. One of the best players in the league, easily. Number 13, I gave it to Bradley Beal, uh, the lead leaguer, lead leaguer in scoring, which has been very, very impressive so far this year because he's not even doing it on bad efficiency. I mean, it isn't like crazy good efficiency, but for how many points he's scoring and the volume he's taking shots at, it's still incredibly impressive how efficient he's been. It's just him on the defensive side of the ball that holds him back the most, which honestly, I'm not a person who really blames Bradley Beal that much. His team is terrible, and they're asking him to put up these crazy numbers every night just to lose games anyway, so I don't really expect him to be like a great defender, but he's been a pretty, pretty bad defender uh, these past couple of years, and he's still uh, obviously such an amazing scorer, good playmaker as well. I think a lot of these guys above him have more two-way ability or are 
uh, almost on the level of him at scores and just are more well-rounded players. But obviously, Bradley Beal is an amazing player, and I feel like he's just ascending every single year and reaching a whole new level every single year as a player. Number 12, I gave it to Paul George. Paul George has been very, very good so far this season. It is so just incredibly unfortunate for him that he got injured. Prayers up to Paul George because he was having such an amazing season, proving all of his doubters wrong. And the second he's just locked in, playing so, so well, shooting like 50, 45, 90. His splits were ridiculous, averaging 24, like 4-4. Four and four. He was putting up such good numbers, being the amazing perimeter defender that he was. The second all that's happening and everything that can go right was going right for Ball George, he gets injured and then and he's not going to be able to show people who he is. I just hope he's back soon because that injury that he does have, could he could be back pretty quickly or he could be gone for like a couple months. So obviously I'm just hoping good health for him because he was playing amazing before he got injured. And I really, really like everything that I've seen from Paul George. Love how he's responded to all the criticism that he's got. He just took it head on and decided I'm going to play the best basketball of my career. And people are going to talk about me regardless. But no matter what, I'm going to stay locked in and I'm going to stay hooping. So I love that mentality from Paul George, and I love how he's been playing so far this year. Number 11, I have Luka Doncic. He's still been very, very good, but the Mavericks have struggled quite a lot. And I'm not one of those guys who at all is going to put blame on Luka uh, for those struggles because I think that's absolutely ridiculous. If you look at the context of everything, Kristaps Porzingis, uh, he's clearly just not as good of a player as he used to be, which sounds crazy for a guy as young as Kristaps Porzingis, but those injuries are already starting to wear on him. If you watch him try and guard the perimeter, try and guard the pick and roll, he's completely incapable of. Uh, I saw a play where, like, uh, he was trying to guard Andrew Wiggins. He just got completely cooked in that Warriors game. And then Rick Carlisle immediately called a timeout. He just can't switch on to anything. He can't really guard uh, anything, even on the interior. Uh, Rudy Gobert had like a career night against him. And we all know Rudy Gobert, as good as he is, isn't an offensive player. And then the shooting outside of Luka has been so, so bad, even if Luka's percentages haven't been great. Uh, people are acting like that's just coming out of the blue. He's shooting, what, like 2% worse than he was last year. He's never been an amazing three-point shooter. So people coming out the woodworks to uh, criticize his three-point shooting to me just doesn't make sense. Uh, but he's still the amazing playmaker that he is, still the incredible finisher that he is, and still is one hell of a player, just has been given some unfortunate circumstances and hasn't been maybe as great as you'd hope him, uh, for him to be this year. Number 10, I have Damian Lillard. Definitely had a bit of a slow start to the season as CJ was the main guy on that roster. But ever since CJ's got injured, and even before CJ got injured, he's been locked in and has been playing uh, like we know Damian Lillard's capable of. We all know he's one of the best players in the league, uh, one of the best scorers, a great playmaker as well. Dame is just that dude. And even with a depleted Portland Trailblazers roster, he's led them to wins, and he's done a very, very good job of leading that team. And I've been incredibly impressed by Dame. And in my opinion, he should be an uh, all-star game starter. I feel like Dame has just been great so far this year. Number nine, I have Jason Tatum. I feel like Jason Tatum is truly ascending to being a top 10 player in this league. And I feel like it's going to be hard for people uh, to keep saying that Jason Tatum is not top 10 sooner rather than later. Jason Tatum is just that dude. He is absolutely incredible. 
and he's really just become a super well-rounded player. I mean, we all knew the scoring was there. In my opinion, he's one of the best wing defenders, and I feel like he doesn't get nearly enough credit for his wing defense because he has so many great offensive moments, and he's such a great offensive player that his defense sometimes can get hidden. But this dude is an all-NBA uh, caliber defender. Jason Tatum is so great as a two-way player, and the one real knock on his game with his playmaking ability and with that improving every single year Jason Tatum is just becoming the full package on both sides of the ball the only thing he needs to do is get to the free throw line more and then what what can you really criticize about Jason Tatum's game uh, maybe that he could close better but I feel like a lot of the times that's more of a Brad Stevens thing like Jason Tatum is just absolutely that dude and is a, an emerging superstar for the Boston Celtics we saw in, in the Clippers game he played amazing defense on Kawhi and was putting up buckets led them to that big third quarter run Jason Tatum is just absolutely amazing and number eight, I have James Harden. James Harden has been very good so far this year. Definitely hasn't been as aggressive as a scorer, which obviously makes sense because he has so much more talent on his roster now on the offensive side of the ball, but has been doing such a good job of facilitating, getting everybody involved. Uh, league leader with about 11 assists per game, and he's still scoring 24 points. Uh, he's playing pretty good defense. He's shooting the three ball at the rate you expect him to, around 36 to 37%. We all know how good James Harden is. And, yeah, he's had a very good season so far ever since he's joined the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, number seven, I got Giannis and Anacupo. Giannis has been uh, great so far this season. Hasn't been like uh, the MVP necessarily, but I honestly think that's more voters fatigue than anything. Giannis has still been great, and this is not a knock on him at all to put him at seven, because for me, one through seven was so interchangeable, as all these guys are just playing at such a ridiculous level that it was so hard for me to pick between these players, but I put Giannis seven. He could easily be he could easily be four for you. Wouldn't be mad at all. Giannis is such a great player on both sides of the ball. Uh, still is improving year by year. And yeah, Giannis is just such a great player. Number six, I have Joel Embiid. I just have to give him credit for how locked in he's been so far this year because I was someone who was pretty critical of Joel Embiid before the year. And it was never about Joel Embiid's talent because Joel Embiid has always been one of the most talented players in the league. It, it had always been about his conditioning, his health, and his just focus sometimes. I feel like he, sometimes he wasn't as locked in as he could have been, and a lot of the times I feel like that was due to him just not being as healthy as he could have been and not taking as much care of his body as you'd hope to. But he's been completely healthy for most of the year, and he's been completely locked in. We see it when Joel Embiid's not on the floor for the 76ers. The 76ers are terrible without Joel Embiid. And obviously that makes sense for uh, you losing your best player to be a bad team but like it's been so noticeable and Joel Embiid is definitely one an MVP candidate he's been absolutely amazing so far this year number five I have Nikola Jokic uh it's super interesting the Jokic versus Embiid debate I'll always be on the Jokic side unless I get proven wrong but especially this year specifically I feel like they've just both been playing some of the most ridiculous basketball out of anybody in the league and it's so cool from us going from DeAndre Jordan making all NBA first teams to having Jokic and Embiid as two uh, MVP caliber players. It's just really, really fun. And Jokic, just uh, he does everything out there. I mean, he's not that bad of a defender. He's got quick hands. He's good at getting steals, good at getting deflections. And then on offense, he literally just does everything out there. We all know he's a generational playmaker. But the thing that I feel like is a little bit underrated like we all know he's a good scorer but because he has so many flashy uh passes and so many just beautiful 
passes. I feel like sometimes it gets a little bit uh, thrown under the radar how good of a scorer he is. While he may not have like the sexy uh, Hakeem Olajuwon-like footwork as uh, Joel Embiid, he's just as good as a scorer. Nikola Jokic uh, is unstoppable in the post. It is very, very hard to even attempt to guard that man in the post. He uh, can shoot it from all uh, aspects of the floor. Nikola Jokic has just been amazing this season, and I feel like he's been a top five player so far. And number four, I got Stephen Curry. My top four is actually the same as it was uh, before this season. I just feel like all these guys have been hooping. Stephen Curry is shooting over 40% from three as we expect him to. Had a bit of a slow start to the season, but he's playing like the Steph Curry we all know. Steph Curry is just one of the greatest offensive players that we've ever seen uh, and has such a big impact on the game. And the Warriors have been a solid team. They're a playoff team this year as long as no major injuries uh, have happened. And that's really, really impressive because this roster definitely lacks talent in certain areas. But at the end of the day, when you have a top five player in the world like Stephen Curry on your team, you should be a good team. And Curry's proved uh, why he's just so, so great. I've absolutely loved everything that I've seen from Stephen Curry after the slow start this year. Number three, I have Kawhi Leonard. He's someone who I feel like definitely deserves more recognition in the MVP conversation. Kawhi has just been amazing so far this year. Uh, definitely struggled a little bit in that Celtics game, especially down the stretch, but Kawhi is still such a great player. He's been very locked in on defense, and I feel like just as a whole, that Clippers team has been so much more locked in than they were last year. I don't know if it's a chemistry thing. I don't know if it's a coaching thing, or I don't know if it's just a mindset from the players thing, or it's a mix of everything, but with them getting embarrassed it just seems like everyone's locked in on making sure nothing like that happens next year and they're all just playing some of their best basketball and Kawhi's been locked in on both sides of the ball play making the best of his career uh, and he's just been amazing I have Kevin Durant at number two KD has been amazing so far this year what he's doing coming off an Achilles injury is truly truly just special man I mean so many players uh, Achilles injuries just completely ruined their careers and Kevin Durant came back as arguably the best player in the world after getting such a bad injury and just had one of his best seasons coming back from such a bad injury and that just shows how skilled uh, of a player Kevin Durant is you can't you literally just can't do anything about KD because what are you going to do if you even if you guard him perfectly he's just going to rise right over you and make it anyway because KD is just absolutely that dude and is such an amazing player has been good on defense as well he's he's just ridiculous we all know who Kevin Durant is and with him being healthy it's been so much fun to watch I really really missed Kevin Durant and yeah he's been great so far this year and a number one it's LeBron James I mean we all know LeBron is the best player in the world as much as I love guys like Kevin Durant Kawhi Leonard Steph Curry LeBron is the best player in the world until proven otherwise he has been amazing this year and has been probably my MVP so far he's been locked in uh, everywhere he's been playing good defense uh, he's been scoring the ball while playmaking, getting rebounds, shooting the three ball the best he's had uh, ever in his career. It seems like he's improved pretty significantly these past couple of years as a three-point shooter. And I feel like that's going to help his game age even better than it would have before because his basketball IQ and his raw talent was always going to let him age well. But with him improving so much as a three-point shooter, he doesn't really even have to put as much energy in to score uh, baskets because he is such a good shooter now. And LeBron is just absolutely incredible the full package and still the best player on the planet i'm gonna take a break and i'll be right back 
Okay, I'm back to talk about the San Antonio Spurs. They're a team that I've just absolutely loved watching so far this year. And I feel like I've been a pretty big surprise to me. As after I saw what happened last year with them being a pretty disappointing team. Obviously, I don't think anyone expected them to be like great. But they just weren't that good last year. They've definitely bounced back and are a very good team this year. They're the sixth seed at the point of this recording in the Western Conference, which is very, very impressive because there's so many good teams that they're battling with. They're over teams like the Warriors, like the Trailblazers, and while this is all very close, it's still incredibly impressive for them to be as high as they are. And I think first you got to start off with giving credit uh, to DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan is someone who I've been historically just very, very low on due to his playoff struggles, due to uh, what I thought was a lack of fit in the modern league, but he has been great so far this year. While his numbers aren't mind-blowing by any means, I still absolutely love everything I've seen from him, averaging 20 points, 5 rebounds, and about 6.5 assists, while shooting 49% from the field, 35% from 3, and 88% from the line. The thing that I love most about DeRozan is his play playmaking ability his playmaking has taken such massive strides ever since he's got on the san antonio spurs and you got to give credit uh, to greg popovich for that uh, he's always a guy who's going to develop your playmaking but at the end of the day you got to give credit to the player as well for taking in the knowledge that pop will give you and uh derozan has absolutely done that it's not even just the assist numbers it's you can just tell his vision is so much better and he sees everything so uh, much different now and he's hitting uh, these young players giving them open opportunities and they have so many good three-point shooters on their team and DeRozan is so good at attacking the basket with his with his great handle and his athleticism that it gives him so many opportunities to kick to open shooters on the wing and in the corner and I've just been so impressed with how Pop has coached this team as a whole like he's coached up DeRozan to being such uh, a better playmaker than he was before and he's you can tell he's really adapting to this modern style because Last year, I feel like that was a bit of just an adjustment year for him, where it was they were in this super weird limbo spot of being between having young guys, but still having some vets that you could be somewhat competitive with, but not really like competitive to even uh, make much of a threat in a playoff series, but they could have made the playoffs. It was in such a just weird limbo spot, but now they're really just locked in. DeRozan's been playing small ball power forward this year a lot, and that's been super, super fun. You can just tell Pop is really really adapting to this new modern style of basketball and I absolutely love to see it because I just love so many players on this roster while I'm not a Spurs fan by any means uh, the construction of this roster is just one of my favorite in the league with DeRozan having such a good year so far I think he's been an all-star caliber player and then you got DeJounte Murray who I'm just a big fan of DeJounte Murray's game always love defensive guards because I feel like they just deserve more credit because uh, so many times we see bigs uh, get the defensive player of the year awards which I think makes complete sense because just with positional value bigs are typically going to be the most valuable defensive players in the league uh, with them protecting the rim but when you have such a great perimeter defender like DeJounte Murray and you're constantly asking him to be on some of the best players in the league as a whole it's a tall task but DeJounte steps up every single night and that's why he was what the youngest player to ever make an all defensive team DeJounte is just that dude and he's grown every year on the offensive side of the 
the ball. I'd still love to see him become a better three-point shooter, but you do like to see him become more confident every single year. He's shooting 3.4 game, 32% isn't good by any means, but you, you just love to see him being confident and really just trying to grow into that role of being more of a scorer on this roster. I love his ability to rebound, and that's what I love with this team as a whole, is all the wings on this team really just rebound the hell out of the ball, because like uh, when they have a center in, whether it be Jacopodal or LaMarcus Aldridge especially, neither of them are like super special rebounders, so with them running this small ball, it has to be a team effort, and everybody has to crash the boards, and that that's what you see with a guy like DeJounte Murray, averaging 7.2 rebounds a game, and that just shows the effort from him. He's been another guy. It's just like the rebounding with them. They don't really have a, a singular amazing playmaker who sets everyone up, so it's just been a team effort, and he's been averaging 5.3 assists. He's getting to his mid-range area, and he's shooting those pretty well. He's just growing as a player every single year, and he has plenty of room to grow, but the dude is only 24 years old. He's under contract long-term, so you don't even have to worry about him feeling unsecure there, and I think he is going to be a very, very good player down the line. I love DeJounte Murray. Keldon Johnson's been someone who I talked about a bunch, but I want to keep talking about him and keep giving him his praise because I love Keldon Johnson's game so, so much. The dude, the dude just plays with this certain energy that's it's just so hard not to absolutely love the energy that he plays with every single night. Like, he's so fearless attacking the basket. He's 6'5", 220, and he is strong as hell. Like, he he moves people going to the basket, and that's why he's such a good uh, finisher. I thought he was always going to be a really good three-point shooter, and that's what was going to be his main value. But he's a very... <coughs> Bless me, I'm sorry about that. He's very, very good at attacking the basket. And again, it's just the fearlessness and the energy. He's always a guy who will be willing to make hustle plays, take a charge, all that type of intangible stuff that is just so much fun to watch. And usually you see like hustle players be like those scrappy guards like Marcus Smart uh, or like Patrick Beverly. But we see this wing and Kelvin Johnson just be such a good hustle player, bring so much energy. And the dude is just very skilled. Like I think his three-point shot is going to turn around because he's only shooting 33% from three. I think he's a very good three-point shooter. Probably not like elite, but I think he would be like a 37, 38%, which is still damn good. And if he continues to attack the basket the way he is, I think he can just be an amazing player for them. I think he could be an uh, like 18 to 20 point scorer. I just love his game so much. And he's only in his second year already putting up 14.6. And it's again with the DeJounte Murray thing. Everyone on this team rebounds. And that this is another thing where Keldon Johnson's just energy and his strength really helps him in. He's getting 7.3 rebounds a game and 1.8 of them are offensive. That's really, really impressive. He's just doing absolutely everything out there for them. I love Kellen Johnson's game, and I just love his potential so much. Another steal for the Spurs. I don't know how the NBA continues to let the Spurs just get so many amazing players late in the draft. Uh, Lonnie Walker, someone who I'm a big fan of, uh, definitely hasn't had like as big of a year as I'd hope him to. A lot of guys like Kellen Johnson have kind of stepped into that role, but I think Lonnie Walker's still a very, very good player. Uh, just such a good three-point shooter, and I love to see him just getting more minutes now because he was always a guy who I thought had a lot of potential and would show such good flashes but never got the consistent minutes and never had the consistent production. But now that he's getting basically 28 minutes a game, he's shooting 37% from three on four and a half attempts, and I never think he's going to be like a super efficient 
efficient player overall, but I just think he could be a really just fun and explosive scorer. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised if sometime he like slid to a six-man role, and I think he could really succeed in that because Lonnie Walker's just super talented on the offensive side of the ball and has a lot of potential. Uh, and they just have some players on this roster who haven't even been unlocked yet. And that's why I love about this roster is that even though these players probably could be playing more in their earlier career and they could be putting up better stats in their early career, they give them their time and they develop them behind the scenes. So when they're uh, ready to get big minutes, they're going to be hooping and playing very, very well. And that's what we're seeing in Devin Vassell. He's only getting 17.7 minutes per game, which is actually pretty impressive for a Spurs rookie and shows that Pop really likes him and that he has a lot of potential and he hasn't done anything special in those minutes he's only having 5.5 points but he is shooting the three ball at a great rate which we all knew he was capable to do uh, shooting 2.4 per game and shooting 39 percent love his three and d ability so much and he reminds me kind of like a, of a chris middleton type of player if he can develop uh, i think he could just be a three and d player but if he can develop a bit more of a handle and a bit more of a playmaking game i think he could be on the caliber of like a chris middleton type of player because I just always think uh, Devin Vassell is going to be one of those guys who is super efficient from everywhere on the floor. He's already shooting uh, almost 90% from the free throw line. It's only on point on attempts, but it's still cool to see. And I just I think next year or the year after that, we're going to see him just have some big games and be a great player for them because that's just the Spurs way. And I think we're just going to continue to see that. They're probably going to get uh, not a great pick this year, but they're going to nail it because their scouting is just unmatched and their development is unmatched. And even though I criticized them before the year because I thought they were kind of behind the eight ball and behind the loop of uh, the modern style of the NBA. They've completely caught up and are back to just doing Spurs types of things. And while I don't think they're going to be an amazing team this year, I think they are absolutely a team that's probably going to be a playoff or uh, at the bare minimum, a play-in team. And we're going to see so many of these young guys continue to develop. And you just love to see that. I'm a big, big fan of the Spurs roster and they've been a ton of fun for me to watch so far this year. They've been really, really good, and I've been very, very impressed. Now I want to talk about the New York Knicks and how they are finally starting to do things right and actually have a very, very bright future. And I'm actually really, really excited for the New York Knicks future because they were uh, always a team for these past couple years that had the potential to have a great future because they always had cap space. But that just never really materialized to anything because the coaching uh, was really bad. Coaches just kept coming in and out. The culture of the team was so bad. But now with the uh, new coaching hire of Tom Thibodeau and the new acquisitions that they've made, they've truly built a culture there in New York and I think New York is finally becoming an attractive free agent destination and that's going to help this team so much because they already have a clear foundation on this roster there's so many guys on this roster who you can just tell are going to be here for a long time and will be very good Emmanuel quickly is just an absolute stud love Emmanuel quickly's game so much he was one of my favorite prospects and he's proven why you he was that with his ridiculous floater game. This dude just this dude just doesn't miss floaters at all, and he's he's just amazing at him. Great three point shooter as well. A uh, guy who has such a nice handle, such a good burst off the dribble, is just super quick. Gets by defenders with ease, and then again uses that patented floater. And he's a guy who I think could be the long term starting point guard for this roster. Love IQ's game, and think he's just such a nice player. I'm really glad he stayed at Kentucky to develop because it's clearly clearly paid off 
Obi Toppin, their other rookie, rookie hasn't done anything impressive by any means uh, because he's had some injury issues. And I wasn't a guy who was super high on Toppin anyway, but I do think he'll be a good player for them down the line. The one thing I just don't like about him is him on the defensive side of the ball because the man just has such slow feet. And that's just always going to be an issue because you even see it. He just sometimes look looks really weird on the court, and he just doesn't look super mobile at all. But he can he can shoot the ball very well. He's super athletic. Is always going to be a guy that's catching lobs. And with the nice young guards that they have on uh, this roster, I think with more development and with more time, he could be a guy who really thrives off those guys and really works uh, well off them. So I'm not giving up on him by any means. And then I really like the mix of like the veterans they have on this squad because these guys could either get traded if uh, other teams see value in them or they could just continue to be good mentors for the younger guys on this roster like Alec Burks is a nice player uh, Austin Rivers is a nice player they just got a lot of nice pieces on this r- roster that uh, just help fit into the culture that Tom Thibodeau wants uh, and I, I just love the culture that Tom Thibodeau is building because I was honestly really worried about that hire when it first happened because I felt like he was a guy who'd kind of fallen behind uh, just all the modern uh, style of basketball, and especially in his past couple of uh, coaching adventures, I just feel like they didn't go well. But he is always going to be a guy who uh, makes good defensive teams, and you can tell in this extra time that he's had off, he's definitely adapted more to the modern style and is learning it a lot better. And I just always love how accountable he holds his guys. Like Just because you're a young player, he's never going to give you minutes. Uh, he's going to need you to earn every single one of those minutes and while that can seem uh, counterproductive at times it also i think builds a lot of character in guys and especially the guys who really want to make it they're going to be willing to sit on the bench and they're going to be willing to just keep working hard in practice and prove why they deserve minutes and that we've seen that with guys like emmanuel quickly getting more minutes game by game and like some games he's not going to play kevin knox if uh, he just it hasn't been impressed by Kevin Knox, even though he's a young prospect who they want to grow. And that's, that's just what I love about him and his philosophies. I really like RJ Barrett's game. I feel like he's someone who gets just a lot of unnecessary criticism. At the end of the day, he's a good player. He was put in such a bad situation in his rookie season because uh, RJ Barrett, as much as I do like his game, the dude just can't shoot the ball really at all. That's just not his game as all at all and even though you'd obviously love that in this modern style of basketball you have to just work with his game and work with the type of player he is and he's uh, one hell of a slasher he's so great at getting downhill and attacking the basket he's just really really strong and he could just uh, bump guys in a very Keldon Johnson type of way just get gets through guys with ease and then has such a nice handle too that he can get to the basket so well he does have tunnel vision at times but I feel like every game I'm watching him he's getting better and better as a playmaker Uh, i'd like to see him averaging more assists but i I do like to see the maturity he's a guy who gets uh active on the boards for sure getting 6.6 rebounds a game that's another thing that his length and his strength helps him in and then he's a very good defender as well you can see he's definitely taking that tom thibodeau mindset in of just working super hard on that side of the ball and he was already a pretty good defender in his rookie season and he's just continuing to improve that I really like everything I've seen from R.J. Barrett. Now that the roster fits much better, now that they have much more shooting on this roster, uh, he's just been playing better. And I think he can be an all-star caliber player for them at some point, even if it's going to take time with him. Mitchell Robinson is someone who I just think fits perfectly on this roster as a guy who doesn't really do anything uh, like out of his skill set. He's never going to be a guy who... 
you're going to see him like make a stupid play. He just knows what he is supposed to do, which is uh, set good screens, roll to the basket, and catch lobs. And then on the defense side of the ball, he's a shot blocker. And even though he can have foul issues, he's uh, gotten better at that. And I just think that's a maturity thing. I think he's going to get better at that every single season. It's just another thing that's going to take time. And I do like to see him getting more minutes as he's now been the starter, averaging 29 minutes. And that, again, shows that the fouls aren't as big of an issue because a lot of the reasons why he wasn't playing as much as you'd want him to is because the dude was always in foul trouble. But now that he's uh, done a better job of stopping that, he's really growing into the role that he needs to. Julius Randle has been an all-star caliber player for them. Uh, I thought this was just going to be a hot streak and cool down, but Julius Randle has just been balling this season. There's no other way around it. He's averaging 22.6 points, about 11 rebounds and 6 assists. He's been amazing for them this season. The playmaking is something that I just never expected because he was always someone uh, who just made so many terrible decisions and was always a guy who got tunnel vision, but he's done such a better job this year, and I don't know really what it was. I don't know if it's Tom Thibodeau's coaching, or I don't know if it's just something he really focused on working on in the offseason, but he's clearly improved a lot as a playmaker. He's still going to have his bad moments where he throws like a dumb pass or something, but he's uh, averaging six assists and only 3.3 turnovers, which is not bad uh, at all, especially considering he's not uh, meant to really be a playmaker. He's more of a scorer, and he's been scoring the ball super well, averaging 22.6 points per game. He's shooting it efficiently from everywhere, shooting 40% from three, which I don't think that's going to hold up. But if, even if he can shoot 35% from three, which is around league average, that's still good because that's not the main part of his game. The main part of his game is him getting downhill and him attacking the basket. He gets to the line six and a half times per game and uh, shooting 80%. And even though he's not putting up like like way better numbers than last year it just has such a different feel than last year like last year his numbers felt completely empty but now that the Knicks are winning games it feels so much more impactful even if he's putting up somewhat similar numbers and it feels like we're seeing the best basketball by far of Julius Randle's career and I've been super impressed by him he's a guy who's definitely boosted his value and I'm interested about his future with the Knicks because he easily could be someone who gets traded at the trade deadline if they uh, just want to go all in on the rookies or they could keep him for the long haul they could re-sign him once his contract is over they could trade him in the offseason like it's definitely interesting about his future but for now he's boosted up his value if they want to move him and if they don't he's going to continue to play good basketball for them and lead to them winning games so really like what i've seen from him and i just love the future of this roster because now they're building a true culture i think they're actually a free agent destination now i think people are actually going to want to play in new york now that they have this culture and now that they actually have something going for them and now with the Mavericks struggling as much as they had uh, have they've looked like they actually won the Chris Porzingis thing uh, the Chris Porzingis trade which is honestly the last thing I could have expected uh, but it looks like they're winning that now and they could have a very high pick with that Mavericks pick I think the Mavericks will start to turn it around but I could definitely see them missing the playoffs and even if it's not a top five pick in a draft as good as this one if you can even get the 11th pick from that Mavericks pick that's still a massive W, and that's going to be a big part to your young core because you own your, your own first-round pick as well. And even if you guys make the playoffs, it's still probably going to be an earlier 
uh, pick. It'll probably be around like 15, 16. So that'll be another good pick in a very good draft. And yeah, you guys are just building something really, really nice. The New York Knicks are finally doing something good for once. And I just love to see it because at the end of the day, no matter who I'm a fan of, I want to see teams succeeding. And especially Knicks fans, as annoying as they can be sometimes, they've been done dirty for by just incompetent management for so many years. But I feel like they have the right guys in the front office. They have the right guys in the coaching staff. And they're making smart decisions right now. Uh, their guys on their team are developing. And I've been very, very impressed by the New York Knicks so far this season. I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back to talk about the NBA's plan to actually have an all-star game this year and the response of the players. It has been a very, very bad response from all basically of the best players in the world and the NBA needs to seriously just reconsider what they're doing right here because I and most people just assumed that it was going to be a break for the players. It was going to be a nice time for everyone to just get healthy. Anyone who was dealing with COVID issues, dealing with any injuries, it would be a nice time off. And then we would still get to honor the uh, players who have been playing very well with uh, announcing them as all-stars. But I don't think many people really expect there to actually be a game, especially in a COVID hotspot like Atlanta. It just worries me quite a lot. Uh, about the league's just care for the players as a whole. I know the money is very, very important uh, to both the league and the players, and that's what this is for at the end of the day, but it also does, again, worry me about how much they're caring about these guys' health. Like, we had the whole Kevin Durant fiasco, which was just an absolute mess and just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and if they were really being precautious, like uh, they've always said, then Kevin Durant should not be playing in that game. But we all know why he was playing in that game. It was a national TV game, and Kevin Durant is the top three player in the world. Uh, so they had him go out there for only a quarter, and that could have been disastrous to the team. That could have caused them all to get COVID, and then that could have uh, had so many other implications uh, to the team that they were playing, and then it could have had implications to the teams that they were previously playing. So it just worries me a lot how they're handling this. And even though, like, in the most recent, uh, like, wrap-up of tests uh, from COVID, no one caught it, but I feel like their people are going to continue to catch it, especially when we go into the playoffs. Honestly, I've said this multiple times, but I feel like this could be a much bigger asterisk than uh, certain people were giving uh, the bubble situation last year. Obviously, I feel like that does need to be held with a grain of of salt to a, a certain extent because some players just played much uh, better and out of what they would usually do but honestly this year with all the COVID issues I feel like this could have more of a asterisk than any other season because if a big player like a Kevin Durant uh, had to miss playoff games because of COVID then that's going to be an absolute disaster for the league and if they keep sacrificing the player's health for money at the end of the day this could come back to really bite them in the financial area as well because if playoff games are postponed or if stars have to miss playoff games then that's going to lose them quite a lot of revenue too because say even if it was like a game seven between two teams it's a back and forth series the entire time and then a big uh, star player or even a, a big rotational player has to miss it because of covid then uh, 
everybody's going to lose uh, at least a certain amount of interest in the game and everybody's going to take that game with a grain of salt then when you have your superstar players your faces of the league like Kawhi Leonard LeBron James and Giannis all saying that they're not invested in this all-star game at all and that they all think it's a bad idea it's just such a bad look on Adam Silver and the NBA as a whole and it just makes it so clear what they're doing this for which at the end of the day is money and again it is important that the league makes as much money as possible because that does help the players and it's a cool gesture that they're um, donating uh, some of the revenue that they make uh, in the all-star game to HBCU colleges like that's cool and I think it's uh, a cool idea at least in concept to have an all-star game this year but at the end of the day I just think it's too dangerous especially what we've seen all these issues so far this year and again if you're going to be precautious i just say you take uh, full precaution i don't even think fans should be in the building like at the end of the day if you want to be as safe as possible then go all in They're they've been in this just weird like limbo state all year where they're telling people they can't do jersey swaps after the game or they can't do handshakes but they're in full contact the entire time and then they're having the all-star game in a, in an area where COVID is very, very bad, and you're risking a bunch of your best players to get uh, the virus. Like it just confuses me and perplex uh, perplexes me so so much to why the NBA would do this. Uh, and I thought they'd handle this whole situation a lot better because I've always been a guy who, at the end of the day, I just trust Adam Silver because I think he's made so many good decisions as commissioner and he's done so many good things for the league. Uh, but these these recent actions just. I'm really not understanding them, and I'm really just disappointed by a lot of the things that they're doing, and I think it's really stupid that we're having an all-star game this year with all the uh, issues that could happen, and just the lack of interest from the fans as well, because say if a big player were to opt out, or say if they just really didn't have that much energy in the game and they weren't really going hard like we saw last year. That's what made last year's All-Star game was so great is that it was one of the closest ones in so long. Everybody was playing defense. Like That game was fantastic. And I just don't feel like no matter what, we're going to see that this year because uh, big star players are already basically telling us straight to our face that they're checked out uh, of that game when it when it does happen and that it's just not the right thing to do and that they don't really care about it at all. Um, I just think Adam Silver and the league need to rethink some things and are making some very, very bad decisions with the Kevin Durant situation, uh, with the All-Star game, and with all the comments of the best players in the world being mad at the NBA. You had the Kevin Durant free me tweet. Like there's there's some serious issues that they need to tackle right now, and they need to uh, just be more clear and be more uh, honest and upfront with what they're doing. Obviously, they they're not going to just say that they're doing this only for money because no one says that, and obviously they're they're not going to say that they're not being precautious. But if you are saying you being precautious, then why not take the full precaution? It just doesn't make any sense to me, and it confuses me a lot. Just very, very confused with a lot of the things that the NBA has been doing as of late. Next, I want to talk about my player spotlights and first starting off with Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum is undeniably uh, transforming into a top 10 player and a superstar caliber player in this league. Jason Tatum has been 
absolutely phenomenal for the Boston Celtics so far this year. Uh, seventh in points per game, averaged 27.3 points per game, 7.3 rebounds, and 3.9 assists on 47.6% from the field, 41.8% from the field. Uh, three, 84% from the line. He's just doing absolutely everything for the Boston Celtics and is becoming a true, just well-rounded superstar. First, I actually want to start off with his defense because I think that's the most underrated part of Jason Tatum's game. He does get credit for how good of a defender he is, but I still feel like he doesn't get nearly enough credit for how good of a defender he is because his offensive game is so good and he's so skilled on that side of the ball. I feel like it sometimes can even take away from how good of a defender he is. Jason Tatum is easily one of the best wing defenders in the league, and it's an all-defense caliber uh, defender. He's just absolutely amazing on that side of the ball. We saw it in the Clippers game. Jason Tatum was putting the clamps on Kawhi Leonard. He was playing excellent defense against one of the top three players in the world jason tatum is just that dude on the defensive side of the ball and it's really special to see this young guy who is already such a good offensive player put so much energy into the defensive side of the ball and make that such a big priority and with jason tatum's length with him putting on so much muscle every year like if you look at the difference between him now and in and him in his rookie season the way he's filled him uh, filled out his frame has been absolutely incredible he's put on so much more muscle and that's helped him in so many facets of his game but it's definitely helped him on the defensive side of the ball and if you're a 6'8 210 pound person with a good wingspan and good basketball iq as long as you put in the effort on the defensive side of the ball which jason tatum absolutely does you're going to be one of the best perimeter defenders in the league and i feel like he needs to be put in that conversation more like, he is truly, truly elite on that side of the ball. He's a defensive playmaker who gets in passing lanes. He can lock up almost anybody in the league one-on-one. -on -one. He's a pretty good interior defender because of how long he is and because of how strong he is now. Jason Tatum is just basically the complete package of what you'd want in a modern wing. With him being strong and lanky enough to uh, guard the longer players in the league, guard some of the big men as well on switch, uh, switches and then also being mobile and light on his feet enough to guard any uh, perimeter player or guards that he wants to switch on he he can just do everything on that side of the ball and I've loved to see uh, his just growth on that side of the ball it's been super super impressive and then when we go to the offensive side of the ball I mean Jason Tatum he's just one of the most skilled players in the entire league this dude is absolutely incredible at almost everything on offense uh, his mid-range game is something that he's always had the moves and he's always uh, made some very very nice shots and we all knew it was something that uh, could be like a just crazy dominant part of his game but the efficiency never really uh, was there but it's getting there and he's one of the best mid-range shooters in the league now and he just does such a good job of creating space he has such a nice fadeaway. his handle is so nice for a guy who's six eight and he also can just shoot over people with him being so tall and with him having a long wingspan like he can just shoot over people with ease and make it look so easy especially if you get any guard switched onto him he can go into the post and i don't really know what you're supposed to do about that he's easily one of the best three-point shooters in the league takes 7.63 as a game and is shooting 41.8 percent shot 7.1 last year and it shot over 40 percent 
I love to see his just growth as a three-point shooter because that was something he was very good at in his rookie season, but it was all limited attempts. Then he was still good at it in his second year, uh, but that was just kind of a down year for everyone, and it was especially a down year for him, at least uh, comparative to his expectations going into that year. But uh, that stretch that he had where he was averaging over 30 in a month, uh, to and then this year he has really just completely unlocked his game as uh, a three-point shooter. The thing that I love most about his three-point shooting is his three-point shooting out of the pick and roll. He does such a good job of just quickly getting uh, around a screen, getting a defender on his back, and pulling up. Like he's become elite at that, and especially when they run high pick and roll, it's works so so well for Tatum. I love when he does like an in and out to fake that he's going one way on a screen and he goes. The, uh, the other way he's just become unstoppable in the pick and roll and then we all know about his step backs his sides his sidesteps which are just so clean and he gets off with such ease it's such a beautiful move and he's so so good at those now and I feel like that's what really helps uh, make you like a superstar player is having those patented moves and having moves that just no no one can really stop and then even though he doesn't really get to the free throw line much which is absolutely something he needs to work on it's not due to a lack of aggression with him uh, attacking the basket he attacks the basket a lot I mean we see it with his posters Jason Tatum has some of the uh, best posters in the league because the dude is just so athletic and again with him putting on muscle and strength every single year he's just getting better and better at finishing inside like at the beginning of the 2020 season he was having a really weird thing where he was missing a bunch of just easy layups and it was super confusing but that's completely out of his game now and while again i'd like to see him get to the free throw line more he's still finishing at the basket well he has a really nice floater game that he uses pretty frequently but a lot of the times he's just going downhill and he's just going through people because he's simply bigger stronger and more skilled than them he's got such good footwork around the basket and if you get him in the post I mean uh, it's going to either be a fader way or he's uh, done a really good job of like uh, using a drop step and then uh, getting fouled he's just honestly the complete package in all facets of the game because his uh, playmaking has improved as well and honestly that was basically the only thing I was critical of Jason Tatum was uh, was his playmaking because he was basically the whole package of everything else you'd want in a modern wing other than him not being a super great playmaker and by no means is he a top tier uh, one of the best playmakers in the league but he's developing every single year as a playmaker and has at least become an average to above average playmaker which with how good his well-rounded game is all he has to do is be an average to above average playmaker and that's good he throws a lot of impressive passes uh the one in the lakers game to robert williams that behind the back while he was going out of bounds that was just absolutely sensational and one of the most beautiful passes i've seen and he just does uh the routine things especially with him uh, working in the pick and roll which again he does such a good job of because when he gets downhill uh they're gonna have to collapse the defense and then he has open shooters in the corner and while sometimes the Celtics uh, players can struggle to hit those shots and I feel like if he had some uh, better and more consistent shooters on his team he could even be averaging more assists he does get uh, open looks for a ton of his players and he's completely willing to kick it out to them and absolutely has the basketball IQ to kick it out to them so Jason Tatum just truly becoming the full package 
everything you'd want in a modern player. And I think it's going to become very, very hard for people to not say this dude is the top 10 player in the league. Jason Tatum is just an absolute stud. And as a Celtics fan, it's been truly, truly special to see his growth. And with him being only 22 years old, man, that is terrifying for the league because Jason Tatum is going to be a top 10 to top five player for a long, long time. This dude is an absolute stud and an emerging superstar in this league. I'm a huge Jason Tatum fan and I love everything that I've seen from him so far this season. Next player I want to talk about is Nikola Vucevic of the Orlando Magic as I feel like he has had an incredible season so far and just really hasn't gotten that much recognition for how good he's been so far this year. It's just impressed me a ton because the Orlando Magic are dealing with so many injuries. Like they've been hit so so hard by injuries and by no means are they a good team. They're 9 and 15. They're out of even the play in tournament right now. But without Vucevic and with all the injuries that they uh, have been dealing with, man, they would be like by far the worst team in the league. Vucevic is just that valuable and has carried this team to so many wins this year because he has been just absolutely phenomenal so far. He's truly just become the full package of what you want in a modern center in 2021 he's a guy who is an excellent post player such good footwork around the basket and his touch is just phenomenal whether he's switched on to a smaller player or he's uh, on a fellow center most likely he's going to dominate sometimes he can struggle against like the best of the best centers when a team fully game plans for him especially because there's not that many other weapons on the magic team but for the most part he just dominates his opponents almost every single night and with the way he's emerged as a shooter it's made his uh game just pretty unguardable like he's shooting 42.3 percent from three on 6.2 attempts per game his three-point shot was always something that was a threat and was always something he was solid at but like we see 34 percent 36.5 percent 31.4 percent like it wasn't something that was great but for a big it was definitely above average and it was something that was just another facet of of his game but he's really become so much better at it this year and honestly with how far we're into the season I think this is when we really see if certain things are legit and I think his three-point shooting while probably not being at a 42% clip because that's just really hard to hit on 6.2 attempts per game I think it's legit at a 38 to 40% clip and that just again makes him a basically unguardable player because he is so good in the post and his shooting isn't just from three he's an excellent mid-range shooter and especially when he works out of the pick and pop it is just unstoppable and especially when they have players like Markel Fultz back who's such an athletic player and who has good vision that can work so well because Markel Fultz can get downhill kick it back to Vucevic I mean you already got Cole Anthony who is definitely gonna uh, thrive off having Vucevic on his team and is gonna work in the pick and pop and pick and roll with him quite a lot like Vucevic is again just the complete offensive package you'd love to see him get to the free throw line more because i didn't even notice this he's only getting to the free throw line 2.2 times per game which is interesting for a guy who is down low quite a lot uh so you'd love to see that but he is at least converting on his free throws at a very good rate shooting 84.6 percent from the line and he's uh very good at offensive rebounds a guy who's definitely going to get 
extra possessions for his team every single night, which is always super valuable. He's a very nice playmaker as well. I mean, he only averages 3.4 assists, but if you watch the games, he absolutely has the vision. He does a good job of hitting cutters, and especially with all the gravity he brings to him, he can definitely hit open shooters, open cutters, and he'll do that at a very good rate. And again, I'm just so impressed by how he's been able to carry this Magic team so far, because without him, they'd be struggling. They would be literally, again, one of the worst teams in the NBA and probably the worst team by a good bit. And I'm actually super interested to see his future with this team because he is such a good player who is on a contract uh, that the money value actually lowers year by year as he gets older, which I think was a very good constructed contract for them. So I wonder if they're going to sell high because his value is just getting higher and higher each year. And they may think this is the peak of his value. And even though they'll probably struggle a ton this year, they might think in a stacked draft class, we sell on a very, very good player. We get a high pick uh, in the draft, and then we get a good asset from Nikola Vucevic, and then just go in the rebuilding direction. When you got a guy like Cole Anthony, you got a guy like Markel Fultz, uh, Jonathan Isaac, they have some young talent on this roster for sure. Just a lot of guys who, at the end, they need to stay healthy more than anything, and then some guys who need to develop into their role. Or they could continue to be just mediocre, not great, and keep Vucevic on the roster. I would go with the more tanking route. I understand the toxic culture of tanking and how that can hurt a team. But I've kind of always thought about this uh, with the Magic these past couple of years. About them being in a bit of a state of limbo. And them not really having a direction. Because they have some young talent. But I also feel like they don't really have much uh like anywhere to go but down or just staying the same so that so now that Vucevic is playing so well and so many uh, contending teams or even like lower seeded playoff teams that need a center will likely uh, give quite a bit of significant value for Nikola Vucevic again I'd just be super interested to see what direction they'd go and I think if they went the tanking direction if Vucevic uh, got on another team he would play a big impact and then the Magic could have a very interesting future uh, with their young guys and then uh, with a player that they could get in the draft considering just how stacked this uh, draft class is but got to give a ton of credit to Vucevic for how he's playing so far this year he's been absolutely phenomenal proving why he's one of the best bigs in the league while he may not be a great defender by any means and sometimes he can struggle in the playoffs I think that's not his fault at all I think that's always been more of a product of the magic just not having that much talent around him and even with a lack of talent uh, he still carried them to some wins and is still balled out of his mind should be uh, in all-star conversations for sure the magic struggling definitely doesn't help his case uh, but again you just have to consider how valuable he is to this roster and how poor they would be without him Vucevic is definitely one hell of a player and I think he deserves a lot of credit for the season he's having so far in the 2021 NBA season that has been the episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. It's been Michael. Peace out.